have seen this movie probably upwards of 50 times. And just as we were watching it for this podcast, Gabby goes, oh my god, are they named alphabetically? Hello, and welcome to Bibble Babes, your podcast for analyzing the Barbie cinematic universe. I'm Gabby. And I'm Catherine. And And we're we're your your Bibble Bibble Babes. On today's episode, we're talking about my favorite movie in the BCU, Barbie and the 12 Dancing Princesses. That's so good, guys. That's so good. Barbie and the 12 Dancing Princesses first premiered on Nickelodeon on September 10th, 2006, and was later released on DVD on September 19th. It's based on the German fairy tale, The 12 Dancing Princesses, and stars the voice talent of Kelly Sheridan as Genevieve. Its end credit song, Shine, written by Arnie Roth, Amy Powers, and Rob Hudnut, was nominated for a 2007 Emmy Award, an original song in a children's young adult or animated as program. As it should have been. It should have been. It should have won. Do we know what won that year? <laughs> I I didn't look that up. Either way, Shine, literally so iconic. Probably, probably, this is bold to say, considering we still have so many more to watch, but this is, this might be one of the, if not the best end credit songs in the BCU. Fair. I would not say it's the best song overall, but as far as end yeah, songs definitely are, not overall. There's there. definitely, I mean, Princess and the Popper has just more iconic songs in the film, but as an end credit song, how could I refuse? So our main character here, our protagonist, her name is Genevieve, and she is the middle daughter of twelve rambunctious sisters. They are all different and named alphabetically, <laughs> which this kills me because Richard in style. I've seen this movie probably upwards of 50 times. And just as we were watching it for this podcast, Gabby goes, oh my God, are they named alphabetically? I had no idea. I had no idea. Neither did I. It's an exact moment. <laughs> Even despite their alphabetical names and different colored dresses they all share a love for dancing singing and of course shoes dancing shoes after a courtier visits the king and tells him that his children are unladylike and above all unprincess like the king decides that they need maternal guidance in the form of his cousin duchess rowena he says maternal guidance because their mother is dead like I have a theory that she died giving birth to the triplets. I mean, triplets. I feel like that, there was, like, one line where That's they, like, made some remark about, do you, like, the triplets remembering something about their mom. But, like, to me, even though it's out loud in the movie, that's not canon. Like, she absolutely died giving birth to those three. I mean, that was... She'd already had nine kids and at that point. In like, the time period uh-oh. that this would theoretically be taking place, you're gonna tell me a queen of this time period just no problems gives birth to triplets after nine children? No. Yeah, and the oldest daughter at the start of the film is 22, so she would have been 17 by the time the triplets were born because they're five in the movie. So, late term pregnancy <laughs> triplets. <laughs> Medievalish. I don't know what time it is, but olden times. I would, I would say 18th century, based on costume. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you, Gabby. Yeah, 18th century triplets, 
probably what would be termed like a geriatric pregnancy, even though it sounds awful to be like women of a, like 40 years or whatever are geriatric. But there, yeah, she definitely died giving birth to the triplets. That's, that's our headcanon. That's our headcanon, yeah. Yeah, you can, it's definitely supposed to be the 18th century, except that all the princesses' outfits don't follow that. It's mainly the king and Duchess Rowena. Duchess Rowena is dressed in the most god-awful 1740s-style get-up imaginable, complete with the <laughs> hair doily. I don't like it. She <laughs> might be one of the, <laughs> the ugliest-dressed BCU character to date. <laughs> to date, yes. Ever? No, we haven't gotten to the island princess villain. Fair. She's worse. So fair. <laughs> um, so, Duchess Rowena comes to the castle accompanied by her terrifying pet monkey, Brutus, who looks like an early attempt at getting a realistic fur texture on something, and it they shouldn't have tried, because it's really scary and awful, but he's there. And her lackey, named Desmond, who has arms that can only be described as looking like <laughs> rolls of bread. <laughs> you know, when you get that pack of rolls from the grocery store... It looks like his arms are made out of that, you know? It's so bad. It gives me the ick. His whole design gives me the He's, ick. He seems a little unproportionate. And when Gabby first called him <laughs> and said his arms look like rolls of bread, it broke me a little bit. I might have died laughing. Um, and we may or may not have called him the Pillsbury Doughboy for the rest of the movie. Are we bullies, Gabby? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> He's a poorly animated cartoon villain. It's okay. Yes. Once she arrives, she begins to change the girls' lives, stripping their room and wardrobes of color and banning them from singing and dancing. Instead, she subjects them to hours of etiquette lessons. She also begins giving the king a cup of tea every day. Also, the dresses she makes them wear are the ugliest thing The only ever. thing uglier is her own dress. <laughs> yeah. They're these horrible gray things. They're like grayish, whitish, beigeish, and it's just so It's millennial bad. gray it's so dresses. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or and is. like it's so funny. They're like, oh, they're not proper princesses. They don't like know etiquette. And she's like teaching them stuff about like how to fan themselves properly. Girl. <laughs> and she can't get any of their names right. My girl, they're alphabetical. So, bad. so frustrated, the girls nominate Genevieve because she's the king's favorite. Uh you really shouldn't have favorite children, but the king does. <laughs> And it's Genevieve. And they all, all know this and seemingly just uncaringly acknowledge it, but uh, they nominate her to talk to him and try to convince him that Rowena is bad news. Genevieve tries, but fails, as the king insists that the girls need guidance if they're ever to become proper princesses, which is so funny to me. I I love this movie. It's so it's goofy. Silly. It's the best. It's so goofy. I love the name Genevieve, though. Probably my favorite name for a Barbie yes. protagonist. Big yes. So yes. Um, as she's leaving, Genevieve sees Rowena exchange a mysterious package with a man outside. Who does that in broad daylight? That's what I want to know. This seems like poor planning. If you're going to have a clandestine meeting, don't do it in broad daylight. She really thought she was going to get away with that, but... <laughs> So, on the triplets' fifth birthday, the girls celebrate with their traditional song and dance, but are discovered by Rowena, who puts a stop to it. The triplets are upset, but the girls are still able to give them the special books their mother made for them to each receive on their fifth birthdays. 
They read the story of the dancing princess and how she danced around the stones and spun three times to open a magical portal to a dancing pavilion. The girls then realize that the mosaic on their bedroom floor contains 12 flowers, each representing them. Genevieve tries dancing around the stones in order and then spinning on the last one. It opens a magical portal, just like in the book, and the girls go through it. There is something that occurred to me watching this that it is truly the biggest plot hole you're telling me 12 dancing princesses never once danced around their bedroom floor and just happened upon that first stone yeah because <laughs> like the first stone makes a noise it when glows? you step on it so like no one never stepped on it before. like in what world have they never accidentally walked or danced on that before there's 12 of them it's in the I middle know, of the right? floor for plot reasons, it just happened once all the girls had For the books, plot. I guess. For plot reasons. Because each has a flower that represents them. So they're not only fla- like color-coded, they're also flower-coded. <laughs> to help make them easier yep. to differentiate. Um, who was your favorite of the 12 Dancing Princesses when you watched the movie? I was basic. I like Genevieve. That's fair. I was a Courtney girly. Is it because she had brown hair and liked the color blue and also red? Maybe, but don't. <laughs> so they go through this portal that they somehow have only just now discovered. And on the other side, they discover a magical golden pavilion where they can dance all night free from Rowena. At one point, Lacey, the youngest, trips and scrapes her knee and Genevieve washes it with water from a fountain only to discover that the water can heal any wound. I mean, it heals, it heals the scraped knee, so we're just going to assume that it can heal anything. And yeah. also, there are magical flowers that grant wishes. They're like, let's we wish for some music. We wish for some not ugly dresses. And they dance and they dance and they dance and they dance until dawn and wear out their shoes that they had gotten, like, literally... Not like two days ago, like they got them so recently, um, and they wore out their yeah. shoes. Dude, I always thought that the magical pavilion was the most magical thing ever as a kid. I, I still think it is, it's just so magical. I, there's something so wonderful, like you know, with a lot of stories, you get really convoluted magic systems where if you like unpack it. It just doesn't make sense anymore. Like, when you think about Harry Potter, a lot of those magical rules, you're just like, what? Like, this this doesn't make any sense. If you really sit back and unpack the spells and the also the legality and the wizard government, like, there's just so much in magical world building that can go wrong that there's something so beautiful about you dance on some stones and it takes you to this sick place where you can do even more dancing like that's beautiful i think the simplicity is what really makes it just so purely magical and also like i don't know about you but i always dreamed about having like a secret garden or a secret library so the idea of a secret dancing pavilion is just so So wonderful so so wonderful so good so good the next day, they're extremely tired, and Rowena's monkey has discovered that their dancing shoes are worn out. They're like this whole thing with Twyla, Genevieve's pet cat, but it really doesn't matter that much. <laughs> the The animal sidekick don't do a whole lot in this. Twyla's there to be cute. The monkey is 
the monkey. Like, they have their little spot in the story. They bring some levity. They're not actively detrimental or annoying in the way that other animal sidekicks are. And... They're just not as good as yeah, Bibble. That's that's basically you come up, you see this film after seeing Bibble, and you're just like, yeah, they're there. Oh, yeah. there. I will say Twyla is probably one of the cutest animal sidekicks. She's, She's really adorable. adorable. <laughs> so cute. It's also so important so, to me uh, that like how they show that they're tired beyond just like them struggling to get out of bed. They show one of the sisters like absolutely face planting in porridge in the morning because she falls asleep in it. And that's so funny. Like, that's so good. Hilarious. Love that for her. Mood. That's a mood. So upset, Rowena accuses the girls of sneaking out. She forces them to do manual labor as punishment. They also discover that the king is ill, which explains why he wasn't there to celebrate the triplet's birthday yesterday. Suspicious and remembering the mysterious man and the package she saw earlier, Genevieve asks her crush. She has a crush on the cobbler. His name's Derek. And she asks him to help her find the mystery man when picking up her new shoes. He agrees. Because they had to get new shoes, because their old ones were worn out. And there's no way they're not going to dance tonight. I don't know how these girls are getting by on, like, zero sleep, but they I are. also don't know how Derek is getting by on zero sleep, because you're telling me that man made 24 shoes, like, seemingly in 24 hours? Maybe he just has, like, a surplus. God, well, I, I don't know. I have no idea. But also, Derek, so. he is the best. He's great. We like Derek. Like there, Barbie has questionable crushes on lots of people in these films. This one is not questionable in the slightest. Not only is man's beautiful, but he is a good dude. And I love the implication that because he's their cobbler and they've been dancing since they could stand and walk, that there is history between Genevieve and Derek. It's not some, I, I met you three days ago and I'm hopelessly in love with you. Let's get married. It's, there is history between these two. And I, I mean, even though it's not explored, I love it. I love the fact that there's history. I always imagined like an Elizabeth Swan, Will Turner scenario where he's like been an apprentice for years, where he started as like an apprentice for the cobbler. So like they were growing up at the same time, but like, and there's like this history and it's cute. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. So because he is the best, period, he tracks down the man and discovers that the person that Rowena was wheeling and dealing with is an apothecary that has been selling Rowena presumably poison. I don't know if the like apothecary actually says that is what Rowena bought, but basically she paid him with a stolen goblet. Like she was taking the late queen's stuff and selling it. Because she is the worst, capital W. And so putting the pieces together, Derek realizes that Rowena has been the worst, potentially poisoning the king. I don't know when they really realize that. We know when the king realizes it, but they kind of just know that Rowena is the worst and whatever she's been up to is nefarious. Because like, why is she wheeling and dealing with an apothecary? Only, Only negative reasons. So he trades uh, his horse for the stolen goblet, uh, even though the apothecary was like, ooh, you're talking bird. Because by the way, Derek has a talking bird. Which is special because none of the animals, the other animals can like 
communicate verbally with humans, only the bird. And that is probably one of the way probably just I don't know if there's anything else that really struck my eye quite like this did in just something in the film that aged very, very poorly. Why is the bird Indian? I don't know. But he's he's the only Indian sounding character in the whole film. Is the I mean maybe the type of bird that they animated him as is a bird from India. It feels weird because there are no other characters of color except for the bird with the Indian accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It feels weird. Like I don't know. I feel like it would feel less weird if they had another character who was human and a person of color. Or like if Derek was Indian, like it would make sense, I guess. Like I think birds mimic the sounds of their people. So like a I think British bird owners have British sounding birds and American bird owners have American sounding birds. So like if Derek was an Indian dude, then maybe it would make sense for his bird to have an Indian accent. But it's, but it's just kind it's of there, weird. and so it's weird. Anyway, he gives the horse away instead, and the, him and Derek and the, this bird, they have a little exchange where they're like, ha yeah, I didn't get rid of you, but kind of wish I did, because now I have to lug this shoe cobbler cart all the way back. And so yeah, he trades the horse for the goblet instead, and begins to return to the castle, to tell Genevieve and give her back her mother's goblet. And meanwhile, the girls return to the Magic Pavilion to dance the night away. Because of course they do. So the next day, they are once again exhausted. And Rowena demands to know where they've been. They tell her the truth, but she accuses them of lying. Because it is pretty far-fetched. And then makes them do That's more That's so later. funny to me. Because like when she realizes that, that they've been telling her the truth the whole time, it sounds like they're being ridiculous. So, like, I can't even blame Rowena for being like, you are just the worst. But also, they were, like, literally telling her the truth. They didn't even think to lie to this woman. They were like, yeah, yeah. we went to a magic dancing pavilion. Bro, what? Bro? Oh, my God. So, Genevieve and Lacey go to visit their father, who's still sick. But through the door, they overhear him talking to Rowena and misinterpret the conversation as him saying that the girls are a burden. That that's gotta that's gotta be rough. That's gotta hurt. When in reality, it was Rowena like being like, "Aren't the girls a burden?" And he was like, "Burden? My girls a burden?" In sort of like a no, they're not sort of way. But they didn't hear the whole thing. Yeah. So he's actually yeah. such a good dad. He is. He just wants what's best for them. And he doesn't quite know how to do that now that he is all alone. He tries to indulge them, but then he's like, maybe I shouldn't indulge them. And he's just, he's just, he's a struggling dad. And it's valid that he's struggling because I would also struggle with 12 children. Oh boy. And heartbroken, uh, Genevieve and Lacey return to their sister's. Believing that their father sees them as a burden and hating Rowena, they decide to escape once more to the Magic Pavilion. And on this third night, they're like, we're just never going to return. Because they're like, we go back and we go back to being a burden to our father and going back to being under Rowena. And both of those things are just no. So they are just planning on existing on that magical pavilion forevermore, I guess. And Derek returns to the castle and he gets there after they've gone. So they everyone's discovered that the princesses are missing. 
And with the help of his pet parrot, Felix, and having seen Genevieve do the dance um, at their mother's garden. So she was kind of like doing the same thing, but on not the portal stones. He sees his shoe polish on the portal stones. And he's like, oh my God, the shoe polish is thickest here and lightest here. It's the steps to her dance that she did in her mother's garden. So he does it and he figures out how to open the portal because he is brilliant. 10 out of 10. He's great. Love that. He room. follows the sisters to the magical. He also broke into the room, by the way. Like they were like, they were like, the princesses are missing. You're not allowed to be here. Go away. And he was like, I think not, and broke into the castle. So we can add sieging the castle to things that this man has accomplished. 10 out of 10. Yes. Cobbling approaching an apothecary sieging a castle so good so so very good um unfortunately while he's figuring this out rowena's monkey brutus sees him do this and leads rowena to through the magical portal and that's when she discovers that the girls were being truthful to her and i hope she felt like the biggest clown in that moment i hope so too so at this point the girls are dancing and they wish for handsome men to dance with and so the portal makes some statues come to life, which, if you look closely, is the face mold of Julian from Princess and the Popper, which shows you that I've seen too many of these movies. <laughs> um, and they dance with their new statue boyfriends. But meanwhile, Rowena is looking out at the pavilion on the little ledge before they get on the boat. And she steals magical flowers and then leaves to smash the portal, trapping the sisters and Derek in the magical realm. And she doesn't know if they could get back out. So I guess she kind of just wanted to kill them. Trap them away forever, kill them, something. Also, I don't know why she thought breaking the stones would do that. I mean, she was right, but I don't know how she jumped to that conclusion. (laughs) No idea. But as it is broken, everything but the pavilion itself begins to disappear around them. Because the pavilion's on a little island, and it is surrounded by this beautiful, lush landscape. There's a little dock on the other side, which is where the portal lets out to. And there's a boat that would take them there, but all of that disappears until only the pavilion remains. Meanwhile, Rowena convinces the near-death king to sign over control of the kingdom to her until he recovers from his illness essentially making her queen like she literally like i can't believe this man didn't see like he was sick so i guess we'll give him that but she's like but who would ever listen to me it's not like i'm the queen i could have seen that coming from a mile away but he like he eats that up he's like you're right until i get better you'll be queen and they literally crown that girl like what for why why do they give her a crown just let her function as a queen but no she gets crowned she sits in the chair and once you know he is signed off that she is queen uh she orders the guards to capture the princesses should they return so now derek is at the pavilion because he made it over there before everything disappeared and he tells the sisters about rowena's plot to potentially poison the king and despite knowing that they can never come back once they leave the pavilion the girls decide that they have to save their father and the kingdom 
The same mosaic as in their bedroom is in the pavilion, so they try to dance the dance that they normally do, but it doesn't work. Then Genevieve and Derek realize they must do the dance together, and so they dance together, and it's really cute. <laughs> um, and then the sisters are able to leave the magic realm by dancing, and they emerge into their mother's garden, which had the matching mosaic. 10 out of 10. I love the like implied lore there that their mother had that dance pavilion built because it reminded her of the magic land and the story and the story is also what tells them that they won't be able to return after the third time they use it so maybe she was the original dancing princess i think so i think so so they overhear that the guards have been told to imprison them and that rowena is essentially functioning as queen and they're like yo what the that's crazy absolutely not they devise a plan to distract the guards while genevieve tries to reach the king um like like you know, have someone run off for the doctor and what's awesome about this i this is why this is one of the reasons why this is my favorite movie like i'm gonna gush here for a second i'm sorry gabby go for it all of the things that they were doing that was considered unprincess like and rambunctious and wild and crazy all of their interests end up serving what they do in this section of the movie like the person who loves riding horses she gets on the horse they like steal a horse from a guard and she takes the horse and like rides off to go get a doctor um some of the gorly the stilt gorlies i'm not i literally only remember like genevieve and courtney's name and Lacey's name so i'm sorry i'm just gonna gonna be random but the ones who like to (laughs) stilt walk like they fake out some guards by falling off a ledge because they think they can follow the girls but the girls are actually on their stilts and the ones who like croquet use their skills to knock out some guards. Like they just all use what was uh, considered unprincess like all of their interests to save their father and stop Rowena. And I just think that's beautiful. I think it's so beautiful. It's so zesty. So that, yeah, they tell the triplets to hide while doing this because they're like actually have some common sense, unlike other characters and other films and not even just barbie films where they're like hey these are children maybe they shouldn't be involved in all this they're literally just turned five um maybe we won't make them go up against armed guards which is a serve it's a serve to not allow children to fight in battles delicious so but Lacey, she is a contrarian she's kind of been like taking the brunt of a lot of like bullying from Rowena. Like Rowena calls her the runt of the family at some point, which is just awful. (laughs) Rowena's right, but it's awful. So Lacey, in a move of actual genius, grabbed some water from the fountain that is magical and that healed her little scuffed knee. And she's like, if dad is ill and I have magic water that cures things, I need to get this to Genevieve to save dad's life. Slay. Yeah. She does get to slay there. Slay. So they make it to the king just as it seems he's about to die and find Rowena there, having given him one last dose of what we now know to definitely be poison. They try to get past her, but she pulls out a magic flower and sh- that she took from the magical land and enchants suits of armor to stop them. She tries to curse Genevieve into dancing forever, but Genevieve uses a hand fan, the same one Rowena had taught them to use in Princess Lessons earlier, to deflect the magic back onto Rowena, cursing her to dance. Her lackey, Desmond, 
tries to help her, but is sucked into the spell as well, and the two dance away together, cursed to dance forever, and presumably die, because they're dancing forever. It's honestly was so big brain to use the fan to, like, the magic floats down, so if it's floating, she said, time to put some physics to work, let me wah wah with this fan. Delicious. And Rowena, she got what she deserved. She probably got better than she deserved, honestly, but I also, it's kind of like horribly funnily awkward where desmond like is loki trying to hit on rowena the entire time they dance off in a way that's like so bad uncomfy but also it's just their whole relationship is uncomfy around because like rowena uses this man and then he's into her and she's not into him so they're just both uncomfy with each other anyway we don't have enough time to unpack all of that lacy rushes forward with genevieve and in the nick of time they give the king the magic water he wakes up, of course, magically healed, and tells his daughters that he loves them. And Rowena, her sidekick, and Brutus, the monkeys, are kicked out of the kingdom. And the, the princesses live happily ever after, especially in the case of Genevieve, because homegirl gets to marry the man, the myth, the legend, Derek the Cobbler. Yes. And it ends happily ever after they dance on the their wedding they dance around in the mother's magic little courtyard and it's so good the king dances with lacy the sisters are all dancing it's delicious it is okay Catherine. what thoughts do you have i have so many i said a lot of them in dispersed in the plot explanation because i could not stop myself from bullying lacy and rejoicing in the usefulness and not that utility is what we're necessarily looking for here because worth should not be based off of utility but just the fact that their talents and their interests serve like their talents and their interests do what they need to be doing and save the day so freaking good like i think a lot of what we talked about with the moral of the story and the messages of uh, Barbie Mermaidia are kind of like followed through here. Like Barbie has really, in this period of movies, gotten pretty down pat. This is the kind of messaging we should be putting out there. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It's not done in a way that's so explicitly obvious as to be cheesy, but also it's still like says what needs to be said. I love this movie. It's so good. I think the message is really primarily the power of sisterhood and female friendships and how we all have our own unique set of talents and how those all have their own unique purpose. And I think that is great. Also, it's It's so good. Such a fun movie. It is so magical and I love it so much. And I think like the thing about their talents and their interests, it's not even just like that they save the day. It's that it's like enjoy what you want to enjoy. Like, yeah. Who cares if princesses or whatever group someone might say, you know, these people shouldn't do this because that's not what these people do. Forget that. If you enjoy something, if you're interested in something, do it. Yeah. Unless it's killing people. Like not this. There's some caveats here. <laughs> like, you know, if your interests are benign, they're not harmful or whatever why should you not partake in them and i think that's so beautiful Uh, there's yeah there's something so wonderful about telling little girls like because i'm thinking about like a little well little like you know 
girls aren't supposed to like sports girls aren't supposed to like math girls aren't supposed to enjoy science or something like that and this movie being like i don't care if it's collecting bugs if it's okay reading like they're like this movie is like i don't care if it's math i don't care if it's croquet i don't care if it's collecting bugs i don't care if it's soccer or walking on stilts do what you love yes and that is so good yes okay Catherine. where do you rank the dress oh man something okay this is this movie gets like a leg up because they designed 12 nay 13 if we're gonna count the wedding dress 13 different dresses for these girls because there's 12 of them and so already we got a leg up on the movies where there's like maybe two magical dresses for our princess we're not even gonna discuss Rapunzel right now <laughs> some of the dresses she made herself this is so hard because like is it the best no that's obviously swan lake <laughs> unfortunately yeah unfortunately um is it the worst also no absolutely not but I also hate to say it's mid-ground because I love how the sisters have similar dresses, but they're all so obviously done in their favorite color and with the flower that their mom associated, their late mother associated with them. And they end up looking so cohesive and yet unique. Like, I just kind of love that for the sisters. Um, I do think it's funny that Barbie is the only princess that has like the bodice bit that is a different color than the rest of the dress yeah so she gets she gets to stand out even more because she's the favorite (laughs) but I, i just i love them and it's it's hard because as much as i think there are more beautiful dresses i would have to say if i could twirl around in any of the dresses in the bcu i would probably pick one from this movie because i would get to like there's so many different colors of them and they're just I that yeah that's probably where I'm at like are they the most beautiful no but they're also the ones that I would most want to dance around in so what is your ranking what did I give I gave Swan like a 10 right you did yes we should start writing these down (laughs) yeah we did we definitely were like "Mm, what did we do for that 8.9 maybe I'm gonna give them an 8.9 maybe just a full-on 9 9.1 somewhere around there I just they do what they need to do. They're not show-stopping. Maybe I'm a little biased because I had the Barbie Genevieve who's like, when you press the little button on her calf, the like dress lit up in the sparkliness and twirled around her very rapidly in a way that was just so wonderful to my child mind. They're not giving anything extraordinary, but they're just, they're giving in a way that's like simplistic and beautiful. And I want to dance in them. Someone who makes Barbie replica outfits, hit me up, please. Thank you. I'm going to go with a solid seven. I It would be a little bit higher, but something about the three-quarter length sleeves is just off with me. I don't know why. I don't like how there's a puff sleeve over the three-quarter length sleeve, you know? It feels a little weird, but, like, I like the rest of it, you know? I do think they have, like, the little, like, flowery bow things at the end of the three quarters that I think is so beautiful. It is kind of cute. I, I just, I also love, I think this is, I love that they have like a full length and a short ballet yes. version of their dresses. That eats. It does. It's so good. Love these dresses. Not like the best, but certainly far from the worst. I can picture some, some bad, bad ones coming up. So, <laughs> so bad, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll burn that bridge when we get to it. 
And I, oh, okay. Do you have any final remarks, Catherine? This is a wonderful movie. Weird parrot voice aside. Are there plot holes? Yes. Do some things not make sense? Absolutely. Is Lacey kind of annoying? Maybe a little bit. But you know what? This is a great film. And you really should treat yourself to it because there's something so wonderful and just enjoying the gorgeous music the soundtrack to this film is absolutely incredible like we were talking about the end credit song shine at the beginning of the episode but the soundtrack itself that goes behind this film is absolutely astounding it's amazing i catch myself humming to it um so just enjoying the music enjoying like the love of just dancing and fun and the like you know the love of fun cool activities like just the for the love of interests things that are interesting like that sounds so weird to say enjoy this film please do it just it's a treat to watch period yes i i agree it is so good give it a watch thank you for listening into our episode today this has been your bibble babes discussing the good the bad and the barbie join us next time to reunite with our king bibble in our discussion of barbie fairytopia magic of the rainbow also be sure to check out our instagram account at the bibble babes for the latest on all things bibble babes our instagram is the place to learn about special episode announcements suggest content or your very own hot takes to the bibble babes and interact with all things barbie we post a new episode every other friday if you're near here be sure to like and subscribe and as always spread kindness like glitter (laughs) 